in a vast landscape full of adventurers. You are now listening to the world of Chaotic Amateurs. Welcome to Chaotic Amateurs, the internet's number one D&D 5e play podcast. I'm your host, DM Alex. With me today, I have... Milo is bull. And we are back doing our epilogues for the characters uh, to finish off the Wolfpack campaign. Let the adventure begin. Been needing that. And now... The story of Ball. So, Ball has come to Usama initially as a side project away for the College of Storingrad to get rid of him for a bit, uh, to send him to the far reaches of Haven and research things that they wanted some information about, but didn't need to send a whole crew for. What Ball found was a few people that were interesting in a place that was full of interesting things and a lot to explore, a lot to uncover, secrets to find, uh, and a place in the wolf pack. This story, though, is going to take place after the wolf pack uh, and the Chateau de Magnus have established themselves in. The nation of Usama as these purveyors of scouts and hunters and guards to the other noble families of Usama. Ball, I don't believe, is very interested in that kind of work, simply working for people with money to keep their things safe. So, Ball. Yeah, very true, very true. <laughs> What uh, what are your plans going forward? Well, um, really, after meeting those elves and their magic uh, in the uh, arena, he was very intrigued by how they come about their magic, what they do with it, uh, the people there. Um, it uh, sounds entirely different from what he's experienced here. Um, and he has gained access to um, this veteran elven archer um, mm. through his sending stone. And he wants to start reaching out to him and maybe trying to find a way to get into this elven kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as with the, with the sending stone and that ability to communicate directly with uh, Vea, we'll call him. Uh, you... Start getting information about Galandior a little more. It's a city of elves uh, kept protected by illusion magic that uh, keeps others out and only lets people in that they want to be let in. Uh, over the you know weeks and months that the nation of Usama and the wildlands outside of it begin to 
knock heads. So little skirmishes happen, not with Galandor, but with, with other things. The dragons in particular seem to be interested in, in causing a ruckus. Vea tells you that things are, are, are changing in Galandor. And if you ever wanted to, if Ball ever wanted to come and see the cities for yourself, that time is, is running out for that. And he offers you an invitation to come to Galandior. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to ask him about this uh, green gem that he gave me and whether or not that would be a useful tool to get there. Yeah, that's a basically a mark of Galandior is is something that's only from there and is not meant for you know outsiders. Not something that is not a commodity sold, but a, a token of friendship, really. And so he tells you that uh, using that, you can at least uh, begin your journey into the heart of Galandior. So it is the forest to the south, uh, just before the mountains that go into the wastes. Uh, how does Ball get there? Well, my first instinct is to clean off the spaceship and use it. Yeah. Um, how much time do you want to spend like, like trying to figure out a way to keep that stuff off? Because just physically taking it off, you can get it down pretty, pretty low. But in a day, it just starts to grow more. It's it is it is a a device that that as you work with it you you know are figuring out it just accelerates the growth of of uh, life plant life in particular. Does does Ball spend some time magically trying to figure out uh, how to change that? Yeah, I think his first instinct would be to um, like unpower it, find a way to remove the silver liquid in it, and see if cleaning it after that has been uh, expelled would maybe make it so it doesn't grow the way it has been and maybe it can be more thoroughly cleaned clean. yeah it takes it takes a bit of time but you have time and tools at your disposal uh you work out how to remove the aether from the ufo able to contain it while you do that, a few drops do spill and cause a ruckus of growth uh, where they they have spilt and kind of fill the chamber with moss and lichen that you have to clean. But you you get this large. I've got a little carpenter that can you know help me with that. Oh yeah, you've got <laughs> you've got the staff there. The carpenter uh, Strix, you know, is is interested in it. He thinks it's it's neat able to clean it but but you see this the actual liquid itself you know is what's causing that to happen and so as you remove it and you can you know you can put it in a container you can clean the ufo in it and it no longer grows it looks like that the the ufo itself is the mechanism it redirects some of this magical uh the the magical effects of the aether so pulling it out in this container you're able to clean it, but without the aether, it has no power. So, what's your plan with that? I, I, I'm just so happy. Like, I feel like I unlocked enough stuff to like be able to do what I want to do. Like, it's it's thrilling. Uh, uh, Ball is very happy. Um, he wants to 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 ask his his little carpenter friend uh, whether or not she wants to stay here. Um, 
there's a lot of world out there to explore. I'm going someplace that not many people have access to. Uh, she, you know, while she's cleaning up, she's, uh, you know, looking at the work you're doing and she says, well, I mean, that sounds real fancy down there, but I, I've heard lots of stories of uh, them elves down south and hey, there's a lot of work here for me. I was never going to be able to do the things I thought I'd do working in town. Uh, the chateau here really, really uh, boils me the right way. You know, I get to I get to create things for all the soldiers. I get to maintain this house. You know, I, I'll keep it in good shape while you're out. And if you need a return, you make sure things look good for you, ball. Well, there's excellent people here that I feel like they treat you well, and I respect that decision. Oh, I, I, I thank you. Uh, what, are, what are you hoping to find uh, down there? What is it? It's a whole new place. It's different than here. It's different from my home. Uh, I just, I just want to learn. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's the part that uh, kind of scares me. It's so different. I've been building things the way I've been building them for a long time, and uh, you you got a you got a sense sense for something new, huh? Always. Uh, I uh, I hope you hope you do well there in your travels, ball. I hope you learn to you know find that kind of uh, exploration for yourself too. Hey, one of these days I just might. Um. So with the UFO cleaned and a jar of aether. Uh, I pose the question again. How do you plan on getting down to the forests of Gallandur? Uh, well, we got to refuel this thing. So last time we used the uh, essentially like a refueling station kind of thing. Yeah. I don't yeah. know exactly how that works outside of that. With but- your work pulling out the liquid, you're able to put it back. You can definitely do that. Um, you know, it takes a little bit of time and some magic work, but is is easy to do. It's it's a mechanical tra- contraption. Um, you know, you you've worked with those before. This is different. This is new. It's exciting uh, the way it works. It all seems a bit backwards, but if you think that way, then things make sense. Um, but you know that if you put this stuff in there, it's going to cause that same growth. Uh, so I think ball spend some time and hires out a local mage to change some of the magics that are part of the UFO that, that make it do the things it does. You uh, are able to remove some runes. You're able to put your own on. Um, like add some metal plating in places to yeah, like, you kinda, keep the growth I, away. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all these kind of organic like lines that they're made of. But you've you've added these like yeah, wrapped these met- pieces of metal around things you don't want to have happen, um, and put your own runic markings on there. And it's it's looking a bit more, uh, you know, scrapped together. Like an artificer built it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it reminds you a bit of how, uh, you know, the UFO Julia had uh, works. You know, she she had things kind of looped around and devices attached. They weren't 
as integrated as your work is. Maybe she didn't have enough time. You've got the time to do it. So it's got a, it still keeps its kind of sleek look, but there's some big chunkiness to it. Uh, when you do that, you refuel the thing and go out for a test drive with it. The controls are a little more sluggish this way. You, you don't zoom forward quite as much. It kind of slowly drifts. Uh, and as it does, it's just this hint of green dust that falls behind it. All of that stuff it's trying to grow is diverted into like this big metal exhaust. Chunk. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just kind of like dust that falls, little green leaves you know, that have been mashed to bits and things like that. Uh, but it works. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, park it. Uh, need to uh, contact the college and let them know I'm going and what I hope to accomplish there. Uh, find out if they have similar experiences in the wastes and talk about, I don't know, more forward and whatever they want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you, you said, you said some reports about what you found. Um, they send back some, some information, scraps of odd, like mechanical drawings that you know aren't native to where you're from. Looks like they've collected these from from elsewhere that, that look similar to some of the devices you've seen, similar to this uh, flying device. And are asking if you've, basically if you've seen things like this, and if so, to return to Storingrad. I haven't seen anything like that exactly yet. Yeah, you you kind of you know you press them that you more research needs to be done. You've got the uh, designs in hand, and you'll be on the lookout for them. Um, and they're they're happy with the the reply. Uh, you know, everyone over in Storingrad for the most part, you know, runs by every every, every everything's a cog in this massive machine that they are. And you know, you've been a bit of a loose cog, but. You turn when you need to turn, and and you're turning at just the right the right momentum for them. And they they send back you know send back uh, that they are uh, awaiting further notes and reports from Ball and Usama, perfect, uh, allowing you to do do what you want. So yeah, you you take the uh, flying machine, and you just start heading down south to the uh, to the forest. Uh, keeping a special close lookout for any interesting structures or mountains, beautiful waterfalls, stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, as you head as you head down, you you kind of pass by some of the big main roads of Usama. Um, you see, you know, ever so often there's there's merchants traveling about. There's some soldiers camped in the woods to the south. Oh. They what are their reactions to this flying saucer in there? <laughs> I would say you, you've got like a you know a merchant caravan headed down south to the wastes. They look up and most of them kind of you, you stop and are are trying to trying to look. You know you're you're pretty you can be pretty high up there. Um, just kind of surprised to see something floating in the air. They're just confused. Asking definitely those questions. Just imagine like those really grainy. Uh, pictures of ufos and stuff and that's just kind of what it looks like up there 
Oh, for sure. There are all kinds of stories gets you know told after after this. It's like, oh yeah, flying south. I uh, I seen it with my eyes. Oh, Billy over there seen it too. Oh yeah, it was uh had some green dust flying underneath it. I don't know what that was. I think uh, we gathered some and it just it was just kind of melted in our hands. I don't know what it was. Um, so yeah, the the fl- the the silver flying uh, machine. Uh, creates a bit of uh, uh, rumors uh, in the taverns and inns about Usama. I would say as, as you get south, you do uh, run past an encampment of Usama soldiers. Uh, they're on the southern border. Uh, looks like they're there to scout to make sure no one's coming through the border and uh, to cause a ruckus if anyone does. Um, some of their scouts start to track you as as you kind of fly by and you you notice this they they have to keep up quite a quite a pace to keep up with you um but you do see there's like two soldiers down below you as you're flying south uh slowly getting to the border of gallandor i feel like um you know this border is pretty well protected and you know i want to try to lose them if i can uh like if there's like a big patch of trees or like a hillside i can go around that they can maybe not traverse as quickly i would aim for that yeah you you spend a a bit of time uh, a good portion of the afternoon uh kind of trying to duck into places you think they can't get to and um you know you can traverse up up above cliffs pretty easily and you eventually do lose them uh, as you do when you stop for the night to camp it's a few days to get down there you hear a odd sound just a and as you, you look around there is a robe clad half elf with a staff looking over the flying device and then looking to you and says, by the authority of Usama in the arcane schools, what the hell is going on? Um, well, I'm a bull. Uh, I am uh, an adventurer. I've been sent here by the College of Stoningrad, um, and I am looking for passage uh, into the Elven Kingdom. I see. Well, if you're not Usama, then I have no rights to tell you what to do. If you're working with uh, the Galandorians, then you will be an enemy of Usama. Is that what you're doing, Mr. Ball? I am looking to uh, perhaps build uh, a working relationship with them. I would be happy to pass along any information to Usama uh, as uh, as I return. I am uh, associated with the the Wolf Pack. Uh, maybe you've heard of them. We're quite an adventuring party. Yes, yes. The uh, Warriors of Cord, I believe, are doing security work for uh, some of the families. This uh, kind of ties into that kind of security. Yes. And are you telling the truth that you would give information to the uh, school uh, that you find? Sure. Out? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, they they kind of eye you up and down, and they look at the the flying machine. He says, 
Well, again, the elves don't cause us much issue, but if they were to, we would very much appreciate some forewarning of that. Um, yes, uh, if you have a means of contacting us, please do so. Otherwise, myself or another individual will contact you on a weekly basis. Uh, please tell us if they are planning anything. The elves are not aggressive, but they are slow to action. I just don't want to see what that action is if it does come down to it. Yeah, it is. Um, oh, yes. Uh, this, yeah, it, it is a contraption. I uh, came across in the wastes. Uh, we had done some exploring there, uh, and I had uh, fixed it. I see. Many things are coming from the wastes these days. Odd contraptions. Yeah, that is part of my exploration is to discover those contraptions and try and understand them and use them uh, to the benefit of everyone. I see. And you think your services are better spent with the elves? You don't want to work with the arcane school here and perhaps learn of other contraptions. We could use someone who uh, knows how these things work. We're having some trouble in that department. We've come across a number of things that do not obey the conventions of magic as we know it. Yeah, I'm also... Uh you know, investigating those things. And uh, I've passed that information uh, along to uh, uh, your leaders. And, and I believe it's been dispersed. Most likely uh, some of the information you've heard has come from me. Oh, I see. Well, if that is true, uh, you've been a service to Usama. I'll be speaking with you soon, Ball. We'll be keeping eyes out. And then they vanish again casting a teleport spell on themselves and leaving you in the kind of moonlit forest just just north of the border uh, from Galdior. That was stressful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. As you know, they leave, you kind of take a moment to, to reflect and, and the way they were dressed and the great quality of the staff that they wield. This was somebody who uh, was a little higher up than you know a professor or or a student. Um, this is somebody that carried a bit of weight uh, sent to figure out what's going on. Uh, after yeah, expect the, to hear uh, something, something about that kind of thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the night concludes, and you spend the next day entering into Gallon Dior, and it's not noticeable at first. But once you cross the border, the forest seems to grow as you move in, and it is it is tough to stay above the canopy. And eventually, you just you can't do it, and you fall into the trees. Not fall, but but your path is is you know you, you can't seem to find the right path 
to get you where you want to go. And so you, you enter into the canopy. And once you do, you see this plethora of uh, plants that shouldn't be growing here. It is much more like a jungle than it is like the forest, the, the like temperate forest that you just come from. There's colorful birds uh, and odd uh, little rodents that run around uh, the, the floor of the forest. And you spend a good amount of time just taking it in, I think. There's odd, odd little streams and waterfalls that, that speckle around this area. How long do you think you spend just kind of wandering this odd landscape? Yeah, this is definitely an entirely new, like, everything like this kind of stuff doesn't exist anywhere i've been i would want to soak that in for a little bit and just kind of see how it feels yeah maybe maybe even a couple hours yeah you you spend a, a few hours doing that and it doesn't feel like it like it is this short amount of time really just kind of looking at this stuff but night descends upon you almost immediately after that like you spent the entire day just looking at all this odd fauna and flora and you do you make camp you see an odd bit of light kind of start up and when night happens underneath the canopy are these uh, odd phosphorescent uh insects that kind of awaken and fly around during the night interested in your flying device they kind of come over and land and kind of cover it uh and they stay there till morning when they go back into the canopy and this this cycle of of viewing the forest and resting continues for about a week oh wow (laughs) tough to shake what's going on like Ever so often you catch yourself, you're like, wait, I've been, hold on, I've been trying to get somewhere. And then you see something and it distracts you and that thought's gone. It takes you about a week to really consolidate on that idea again so that you can shake yourself aware of what's going on, that some sort of magic is affecting you uh, in this in this forest. And when that happens, you what do you do when that happens you you, you're able to reclaim your senses at that point um i don't know i think my first thought would be i need to contact uh what do you say his name vesa avea vea um be like hey uh i've reached the border of gallandor and i'm just so in awe of this place i can't seem to find you can you help? They respond back. Ah, oh, yes, you've reached our borders then. Uh, I'm glad you're enjoying the sights. They can be a little overwhelming to those not familiar with them. If you're trying to find me and you are there, there should be a red and blue bird ever so often. Follow their path. If you do that, eventually that will lead you to a place you can rest and I can find you. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll look for that. I feel like I would have to do this on foot. 
Um, well, with birds and, you know, they're flying and, and you have a flying machine, it's easy enough to okay, keep cool. an eye out for them. <laughs> um, if it was fully covered in vines and stuff, maybe it would be a little more difficult. But you do. Uh, you know, there's a lot of colorful birds, but you see the one that uh, Vea is talking about. This, you know, kind of parrot looking thing, red with a blue stripe on one wing. And you follow that for a few hours. You, you see one and it, it kind of stops to rest. And you see another one flying a different direction. You follow that one. And as you're doing this, you can kind of see what's going on, that they're following a certain like winding path through the forest uh, where, you know, the leaves kind of shift uh, differently than the rest of the forest does. They are affected by their own wind, it seems like. And it takes you a few hours and you end up uh, heading down into a little valley that once it kind of opens up, you can get above the uh, canopy again. And you see this massive tower at the bottom of this with huge tree limbs growing out of it. And it it is covered in vines and uh, leaves and there's some some stonework underneath that you can see and it reminds you of the Tower of Chaos. It's the same setup, but this is like a like a massive conglomeration of different plants just attached to it. You see at the bottom base of it, these massive roots just kind of roil out and into the ground and that is where you see a number of elven buildings just dotting the outside of this thing. And you see elven people going about their business. Sounds, yeah, like a like a living Tower of Chaos kind of place. Like before, like the tree died and like the material got in there and killed it and grew it and like took its energy that way. It kind of reminds yeah. me of that same kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go land near the base of that big tower, like right in the middle. Why not? Yeah, you uh, you float on down and uh, you see there's an uh, uh, elf kind of tending to this raised little farm plot that you see in, in the middle of it, kind of water spurting out and watering the crops. And then they like the water falls down beneath the sides. It looks like it's recirculating magically, kind of lifts up their hat and looks at the flying device and is just taken a taken aback by this he says oh hello hello that's an odd thing there i haven't seen one of those in oh many lifetimes ah and a metal man hello what brings you here um i'm paul uh i oh. yeah uh i am from stone and grad i don't know if you've I don't think I've heard of that. No, uh, it is a college. Uh, we're researchers. Uh, oh, we, we try to learn and and bring things to light and it's and understand. Good to learn. Yeah, yeah. What brings you here? We don't get many visitors. I, you know, the magics tend to keep them away. But if you're here, then there must be a reason why. I'm uh, here to meet a friend. Uh, Oh, it's good to meet friends. Good to meet friends. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, uh, you seem like you've got a strong back on you. Would you help me uh, till some of these fields here? 
Uh, yeah, sure. As long as until my friend gets here, I'm, I'm willing to put in some labor. Yeah, why not? Sounds like a deal. You help me until your friend gets here. Uh, and you spend the rest of the day just working the soil. Uh, it is an odd kind of bean that grows underground that this guy is uh, um, kind of harvesting up and then and then turning the soil over for uh, the next crop rotation. And with your help, you're able to to clear out this like 50 by 50 plot uh, by the end of the day. Um, and he takes you into his, his home. He's got, uh, there's a few other people that live there with him and you, you sit down for, for a meal as he, as he thanks you for your work. There's some yeah. nice wine. Absolutely. This is awesome. <laughs> uh, just want to share like a, a few stories of uh, my adventures so far. Um, I, I let him know, you know, I, I was in Usama for a while. That's where my friend, I met my friend, uh, Vesa. Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah, uh, I, I was to the wastes. Uh, that's where that flying ship came from. You oh, said you've the seen wastes. them before. Yes, yes. Terrible with the with the the wastes, as they call it. Um, it used to be so nice down there. Much like, like this, I feel like it might be getting better. Uh, we visited a tower much like the one by your crop, and. Uh, it was in ruins, disheveled and and oh. destroyed almost. But we when when you say that, you see this just kind of look of hurt and pain uh, on on him when when you when you mention that. And he says, "Oh, that is that is a shame. A ruined a ruined tower is is people not understanding what they have." You see, these towers, they can provide everything they've provided for us for so long. Hopefully it does get better, but you don't know how to talk with the towers. I don't know if they will. You got to know how to have a conversation with, with the magics in them. And if you don't, they get very angry. We met a caretaker of that tower. They had been there before the tower was ruined, and they had lost much of their memory before that. I see, I see. But they could converse. They were still with us. Yeah, um, we we helped him, uh, and and we gave him a body so that he could. He was only a, a kind of a a soul or a spirit. Uh, he was just a part of a man, I guess. And kind of helped him become a little more. Does he need to be in that tower? Oh, I'm not sure. If the tower is in ruins, then I don't know how much he could be useful there. Oh, we thank you for giving him a body, a, a means to traverse this world. The spirit there... of this one here provides what we need and we provide it what it needs whoever this is that you saved i'm sure that whatever they need and whatever they want to give they will be open about so you have someone like that in your tower well the tower itself really 
A spirit, a mind, a body all rests in the tower. There's many things that the tower is. A man rarely is mentioned as being a tower. It is the structure itself. It's the plants that grow from it. It's the relationship it has with us. It's it's more than just one thing. You said it uh, gives you things and you give it things. What what kind of things do you, you exchange? Well, it provides us the resources to grow the crops we need, the life-giving power to feed the plants and animals that we enjoy, and we give it laughter, games, uh, conversation, whatever it is in the mood for. Sometimes it's changing on the day, and sometimes it needs rest for a long period of time. We ask it what it needs, and we try our best to give it to them. Do you think I could speak with it? I think that might be a good thing. We'll find out tomorrow. Then you wrap up your night. You tell stories. Uh, you have a drink with the, the man and his family. And the next day, Vea arrives, finding the, the house and you out working in the field. And, uh, you know, hails to you. He says, ah, oh, ball. There you are. Uh, I kind of like finish up what I'm working on and just kind of like nod at him. And and then at, only after I, I kind of finish the last of the plow, uh, mm-hmm. I go over and, and say hi. <laughs> he's, he's standing there at the edge. He waits for you. He says, oh, well, it seems you found a, uh, a means of keeping busy. I'm sorry it took so long to get here. Um, I'm glad you've come. Uh, a lot of things are changing for Gallandior soon. It would be nice to have someone like you here. There's some things we are going to revisit that some of us don't remember, and those that do, uh, like your friend there, don't care to talk about anymore. Well, changing it how? Um, this this pace is is really relaxing. It's nice. It feels good. That's uh, true. Uh, the wish is always to to end up in a life like this. Uh, I still have much work to do before I feel I'm no longer needed in my capacity. And he kind of gives a hand and waves over to the, uh, the farmer and uh, calls out... Uh, Speaker, um, I'm here to visit with my uh, friend Ball. And he kind of finishes what he's doing, wipes off his clothes. He says, oh, you're the one that's uh, here to meet our friend. Well, if that's the case, maybe we should go talk to the tower in the tree, huh? And the farmer kind of takes off his coat that he was wearing adorns himself in some long flowing robes and uh, the three of you start walking up 
the edge of the tower. You can see that the vines and the tree roots that are there kind of make a walkway and you kind of spiral up to the very top of this thing where big tree limbs come out from the sides and create a massive canopy on the top of this. And there is a stone in the center with some runes, some of which you recognize from the wastes and uh, a small pool of water in the center of it. And as you get there, the farmer uh, walks up to the stone, begins speaking in Elvish for a few minutes as you see stones and runes kind of light up around the edges and like you've seen with florian um that pool of water raises up this humanoid visage and the farmer speaks to it and says hello it has been some time since we spoke a friend has come and his friend has come as well they wanted to speak with you. Please. And the farmer steps, steps away and this odd water form looks to you and uh, Vea and just says, we'll speak then. Um, yeah. Um, my name is Bull. I'm, I'm, I'm a researcher of magic and machine. I've come to learn what I can from your from you, I guess, it might be a note to you that I have discovered another tower that was more or less in ruin, but we met someone similar to you. We named him Florian. Uh, oh, he, a long-lost cousin, I assume. Ah, oh, interesting. The, You've come to learn from me. What do you hope to learn? whatever you have to offer i guess i don't know i've i've come to to meet this these people here and it's a good vibe <laughs> i would say so it's a lovely place here the people here are fantastic and if you have you seen them they take the the fruits and they'll crush them up and then they let them sit for a while and they drink it and they just, they love it. They're so interesting. Well, if you've come to learn from me, I should uh, begin teaching. Do you know about grass? Yes. I've, okay. I've well, seen, then we won't do grass. grass. How about <laughs> birds? Or, and they start listing like all these different things. Um, and it gets a little uh exhausting kind of hearing because you hear it from like multiple places almost and vea kind of pipes up and says uh, excuse excuse me um mr ball is is more focused in the arcane arts uh not the illusion magics essentially but some of the other uh magics that uh you offer to the people and if i'm allowed i would like to speak with you i We've talked to most of the other spirits of the towers, and we will be shifting um, soon. And the kind of water spirit looks at them and, and, you know, giggles a bit and says, Oh, I know all about your shifting. We do speak with each other every so often. The others can be fickle, but I just go where the winds take me. Mm. Ball, you said your friend is is speaking of 
a shift, a change we are all making. We all once came from the Feywild, the uh, embodiment, the plane of life, and we've settled here for a while. Things are changing, and we're headed back. If you'd like to come with us, I'll teach you about the magics I know. And the magics I don't know, I'm sure there's many. When this shift does happen, what will be left here? Oh, the forest that once was. We've changed it some, and your elven friends there have uh, made a, a fun, exciting illusion of what we prefer to see. But that will all go away once we leave, once we shift, once we go back home. It will be boring, I'm sure, and not full of life, but we're taking all the fun bits with us. By fun bits, you mean the magics, right? That's some of the fun bits, yes. But like I said, those fruits that they crush up, we're taking those too. And there's a couple of rocks I want to make sure and bring with. And <laughs> it kind of points up. It says, that one right there, I'm very excited about. I'm going to turn and it's this odd, craggy mountain peak that they're pointing to. A big mountain. Yeah. Big rock. Yeah. That big rock looks very nice. I, I do I do enjoy the look of it. So are you going to be coming with us then? When you say you're gonna take things like that rock, that mountain. Yes. And you're just gonna pick it up and leave whatever's left behind. Oh, you do need teaching and magics. Well, yes, when we shift, we will be bringing all of that with us in not the way you might be thinking of to, to take things to another plane. You don't have to pick them up. You just have to, you just have to take them there. You just, you don't have to touch them. You just, you take them. Let me show you the other we are ready, are, are we not? And, and Vea nods, and uh, you see a glow kind of emanating from the water that fills the tower. Off in the distance, you see some lights kind of peeking up in the canopy. That craggy rock you see kind of uh, fill with light, and it bursts into this blinding white light and then comes back. And everything you see is just brighter in color, but nothing has really changed. Everything looks about the same. Some of the mountains are gone. The forest itself is still there. But then you look up and the sky is like purple and blue and pink and swirls, not of clouds, but the sky itself has changed in these amazing colors. And from there, ball gets to explore and learn from some very powerful beings about magic. Uh, these are these are beings that are the towers that are spirits and and when you get here they are no longer ethereal and you know see-through they are giant frogs or a huge boulder person. Uh, the spirits here in the Feywild take their their true forms and 
you learn magic from you know this tower that is just a massive frog and they teach you about some really good and you know illusion magic things like that oh my Um, god you have the freedom to leave this place they don't keep you here but there are many things to learn from this shift into the Feywild. Yeah, I want to learn whatever I can uh, from these these spirits. I guess these like almost deities. It sounds like they have like that much power. They're very powerful. Yeah, yeah. Not not deities in the pantheon, but but spirits that you know their will forms the Feywild. Uh, at least here, and Ball spends a good chunk of of uh, time learning magics here and tinkering with the technology that you find in this place. Old remnants that they had that can now be used again um, from your knowledge of how Aether works. Uh, and you you gain an appreciation of the natural world, and you show them your appreciation of the tinkerings of mechanics. Cool. I am so down. <laughs> yeah. Beyond that, who knows what's in store for Ball? But I think uh, that's an excellent place for him to be. <laughs> yeah, that is where we're going to go ahead and land uh, Ball's epilogue uh, right there. Hey, thank you guys uh, for joining us around our proverbial podcast table uh, and doing this uh, uh, outro with the ball. Um, I've been your DM, Alex. I've been Milo as ball. Grab your swords and keep on adventuring. Follow us across all platforms with Chaotic Amateurs. Please subscribe, rate, and review our show on your podcast app of choice to help us climb the charts and find new adventurers. Or become a patron on Patreon to help our heroes continue their quest. Thank you for listening to Chaotic Amateurs. Chaotic Amateurs.